Welcome to the ministry of Barefoot Church. I'm Clay Neesmith, the pastor here at Barefoot Church. And man, we hope what you experience here today uh, will encourage you, motivate you, and inspire you in a great, great way. I kind of want to talk in that vein a little bit today about being an ambassador for God. We've been in this little teaching series we have titled Buff the Brand, and we're basically talking about once we have come into a relationship with God, then we are to be his representative. That's simply what an ambassador is. It's one who promotes. It's one who represents. And and the greatest way to be a a representative of anything is to experience what what you're representing. Now, you know, there's a difference in being a salesman and, and being one who has experienced the product and believe in the product and live as if the product is something that somebody else needs. In, in other words, uh, you know, just this week I was making a reservation for something in the future, and I had a salesman on the other end of the telephone. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And I'm like, bro, why don't you shut up for a minute and let me tell you what I need? Sorry. But I explained to this particular person, what I wanted, the accommodations I wanted and what I was looking for. And of course, they uh, quickly latched on to, yeah, we can, we can provide that for you. But let me read you this script of all the other things that you need. And, and can I tell you, I, I didn't really believe that I needed those things because the person was reading a script. In other words... They, they basically were, were following a list. And they were following a list because they'd been told to follow the list. And maybe this is the way that, that you get to a person and get them to buy into to what you're trying to sell. Well, well, this is what I want to declare to you today. Christianity is not salesmanship. Christianity is, is a group of people who have had a revelation of who God is. And because of that revelation, we live in a world where we're representing him and saying that, that you know, you, you really need what I'm offering. Because in reality, all humanity needs what God offers. And it's a way back to him. See, see, many, many people are striving to get to God. They know that something's missing. It, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to, feel, to, to understand that we live in a broken world. In other words, this world is broken. It's not as if it will be. In other words, God created the first man and the first woman and he placed them in the garden. And the interesting thing is they didn't trust God's provision. And God says, if you don't trust who I am, if you eat from this one particular tree, he says, you will surely die. You will be separated from my presence. And can I tell you something? That God followed through with what this, this, this order that he gave to the first man and the first woman. God put the man and the woman in the garden to enjoy all his provision to be in a relationship with him, the creator, and and to be fruitful and multiply his presence uh, throughout wherever they were. 
However, the man and the woman failed in trusting God. And the Bible says that, that God basically exiled them from the Garden of Eden. In other words, they're no longer in, in that place that God walked with them. And the interesting thing is, I got some bad news for you. We've all been born in this exiled world. It's not as if God desires for it to be. But you need to understand this. God is so gracious and God is so merciful on humans' hearts that he wants you to know the way back home. He wants you to know the way back to him so that you can be fully the person and the individual that he has created you to be. And this is the good news. The good news is God has come to us even though we have been separated from him. And, and, and some of us are living in exile. We know it's broken. We know something's wrong. We know that, that this is not all it could be. And what we've chose to do is give up on life. Some of us have chose to give up on life, give in to the brokenness. In other words, sickness comes and attacks your body. Why? This world is broken. We live in a broken world. It is not as if it will be. You know, things happen. Relationships go bad. And, and, and people lose all hope. And they, they give up on anything that has to do with life because, because they put their hope in, in, in something that was not as if God intended for it to be. And when it didn't pan out as they thought it should, then, then they give up and they become hopeless. Let's go to the other end of the spectrum. Some people put their hope in this, in this earth, in the things of this earth, the good things of this earth. And, you know, Solomon, one of the, one of the wisdom writers throughout the scripture, he was a king. He was a guy that basically did this. He had what life offered. He had all the girls, all the gold, and all the glory. He had some amazing, amazing things. And he says, but as I've chased those things, it's kind of like chasing the wind. Because I got those things. They, they, haven't, satisfied, they haven't satisfied the longing of, of my soul. And so... You need to understand that as we live in exile, there is a prince of this world, a prince of this air. And his, his whole scheme is to blind you to the goodness of God. And it's a scheme. But God is too good to have you blinded. You need to understand why Jesus came. It's to open the eyes of the blind. It's to help the lame walk. Come on, somebody. <laughs> And again, that's just not physical. He did physical miracles to help people understand that they were in exile and it was not as if it will be. And, and we sometimes have reduced God down to this physical illustration that he has demonstrated throughout the world. And you need to understand your, your, your foundation in understanding anything about who God is is to understand this. 
that we live in exile. It is not as God will make it to be. The scripture declares in the end that God is making all things new. And so if we can come underneath the understanding that, you know, as good as it may be or as bad as it may be, God's not finished yet. We're not there yet. Then it changes your perspective on life. And the good news is God has come to give a glimmer of light to there's a way, there, there's a way to him. And this is what Christ Jesus is all about. He is the light. Okay, he is a light that, that come to forgive us of our missing the mark of God's glorious standard. That's what sin is, missing the mark of, of as a human race of, of what God created us to be, okay? And, and that's what the word sin literally means. Why people do things that are not of God is because we're born in exile. We're born in in into a sinful world. It's why bad things happen to good people. It's all of these variations of things. We've been born into exile. And the interesting thing is we're all born in sin. We're born in a broken world. Not one of you here was born in as if God intended for it to be. We've been separated. But the good news is God made a declaration the moment the man and woman was exiled from the garden. He says, I will make provision. I will make provision for humanity to come back to me. I will restore things. Then he gave a system. He gave a list eventually to the Israelites for them to understand that they had missed the mark of God's glorious standard. It's called the law. And if you look at the law, you would realize that, that none of us can achieve the perfection of God on our own merit. And, and, and the list was there primarily to help us understand that we were in exile. We're in a broken world. That, that's what the Ten Commandments are all about. But, but can I tell you, people try to, to read the list and then sell other people the list instead of letting the list help them realize that they have missed and they, they need a rescue, they need somebody to do something, and, and, and they're trying to sell other people these commandments and these laws, and, and the truth is people aren't latching on to them because the law hasn't done its work in their life first to help them understand that they miss and they haven't responded to the rescuer, and when you respond to the rescuer, guess what? You are able to come back to God and get a download from God and His Spirit and begin to live in this world in such a way. That you become God's representative. And so, again, there, there were people keeping the list. But there was no transformation. People were telling people about, we're missed, we missed, we missed. How, how many of you know, if you tell somebody long enough that they are failing, that eventually they're going to become disheartened and dis, <laughs> discouraged? Okay? Or, or they're just going to like try harder and never have a solution. Well, understand, as God's a revel, he, he, he's revealing who he is down through history. And he gives, he gives the law 
the list to, to, for step number one. If you don't realize you're born in exile, you don't realize where you're born, you don't realize there's something more, then, then the truth of the matter is you, you just become content in what you have. You just stay in that position. And God wanted the human race to understand they had missed the mark of his glorious standard. It's not as if it should be. Here's the characteristic of God. This is the characteristic of the way it should be. The, these are the laws. You know what? This is the perfection of God. However, you know, you need to understand that none of us have achieved the perfection of God. And when you look at that, it, it should make you feel like, well, dude, I have totally missed its purpose. Its purpose is to reveal the character of God and to help you and me understand that we've missed the mark of his glorious standard. That's the purpose of the law. But if you're trying to keep the list, you don't understand what the law is doing, then what you'll do is become a salesman and you'll try to get other people to be ritual and religious and keep the list. And honestly, this was going on in Jesus' day. And Jesus spoke into that in Matthew chapter 5. It's called the Sermon on the Mount. And the Sermon on the Mount is found in your Bible in Matthew 5 through Matthew 7. It's a, it's a, whole, it's a whole message. And basically what Jesus says in that, blessed are those who are, are, are poor in spirit. And he gives, blessed are those who are merciful. Bless, blessed are those, you know, and he goes through this whole process and talking about how to be blessed, okay? But basically, it, it's saying, blessed are those who realize that life is broken and they have a need. Blessed are those people. And then he goes on to say, in Matthew 5, verses, verses um, uh, what is it, 16, 17, long in there somewhere, let me, let me read to you what Jesus said. He says, uh, verse 13, he says, you are the salt of the earth, but what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and it will be trampled under, underfoot as worthless. And he goes on to say this. He says, you are the light of the world. He says, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. He says, no one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. Listen to what Jesus is saying. And he goes on to say this. He says, in the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all people to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. He says, don't misunderstand why I have come. Don't misunderstand why I have come is what Jesus says. He says this. I did not come to abolish the law of Moses or the writings of the prophets. In other words, they, they serve their purpose. But he goes on to say this. I didn't come to abolish those. These things are amazing. He says, no, I came to accomplish their purpose. In other words, they were to show you something's wrong. And you need something outside of yourself to help you get it right. He says, I came to fulfill their purpose. I, I, I'm, I'm what's going to help you get it right. I'm what's going to help you find life in this world that you are exiled in. He goes on to say this. He says, he says, I did not come to abolish the law of Moses or the writings of the prophets. No, I came to accomplish their purpose. He says, I tell you the truth. Until heaven and earth disappear, 
Not even the smallest detail of God's law will disappear until its purpose is achieved. The law had a purpose. Nothing wrong with the law. It is a very characteristic of who God is. But the purpose of the law is to show humans that we have missed the mark of God's glorious, amazing standard. And we need help to come back home. And Jesus basically says, I came to fulfill all the writings of the prophets and all the laws of Moses. I'm the one that they're pointing to. And and, and guess what? I'm the way. He said it another way like this. I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. What Jesus is saying in this message, he's standing before people, and he's saying, I'm God's provision. I I am light in a dark world. And guess what? When you understand who I am, you're going to become light for me. You're going to become an ambassador for me. You're going to become the salt of the earth for me. You're going to become the flavor of the earth for me. Even in exile, you're going to begin to display that there's an amazing, amazing God. It is who Jesus is. And, and again, I think we've reduced this God down to, to God who sent this person in the world to Forgive us of our sin so we can keep going down a dark path. And my friend, understand the light of the world has come to us so that, everybody say so that. (laughs) We can have his holy presence with us, his set apart presence with us, even in a world that's incomplete. And that is simply amazing. It's a God that loves you so much, loves me so much, loves the human race so much, male, female, young, old, it doesn't matter what nationality you are. He sent him, his son, he he, he put on flesh and he came into this earth where we live. And guess what? He says, I'm gonna be the way out. I'm going to be the way back home to God. Understand the human race has been separated from God. And my friend, as many schemes and as many things that look good to you on on this side of knowing God, they're incomparable to the riches of what he has for you. And again, every one of those, uh, those, those kingdom riches are available to us. Every one of those heavenly treasures are available to us. If we would simply have an act of faith and trust in God that he's provided a way back to him through Christ Jesus. He came. He came to pay a high price for the human race. And my friend, he did it just for you, just for me. If you were the only human, he would have come for you. But you're not the only human, so he's come for all humans. And the interesting thing is, is again, he came not to just give give us another chance at life. That's where a lot of people make a mistake. 
He's a God that gives you another chance. He's not a God who gives you another chance. He's a God who gives you a revelation. And he's a God who helps you understand that though it is not as if it will be, there's hope in whatever circumstance or situation you are in. And you can do the journey. You can keep going. You can endure. You can persevere. God is not a God that's just giving you a chance. He came to give you life. Understand that. It's not a God who came just, you know, to forgive you of your mess up and tell you you missed and, and you know, he, he's like, you missed, you missed, you missed. You get another chance. You get another shot. You get another, you know, you get another whatever. You get another, you get another, you get another. Are you kidding me? No. He's a God who come to reveal that you live in brokenness. And guess what? It don't have to stay that way. And if all you know him is as a God who forgives you for brokenness and you don't know the way out and you don't have, you don't have what he has offered, his, his Holy Spirit to help you along the journey, maybe what God's going to do over the next few moments is, is to help you understand how to come back to him and also live out who he says you are, even in a world of exile. If you have your Bibles with you, I'm going to invite you just to flip them over to the Old Testament, the book of Jeremiah. And I want to show you something that is simply amazing. Jeremiah 29. And all you church people know, Jeremiah 29, 11. It's your life verse. Okay, let, let me read 29, 11 first, okay? This is what it says. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are... Plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. Pretty, pretty good sounding verse, right? A pretty, pretty good sounding thing. And, and, and people latch on to that verse. And, and what they do is they, they put it in a context that God never intended for it to be put in. And they wonder, though, all of these things are happening. I, I feel so hopeless. Well, understand the prophet Jeremiah was, was one who, who stood in the gap. And he was one to say, look, Israel, you, you've been disobedient to God. God, God did a miracle in your life. He, he came and he traveled with you on the journey, but you've chose to to basically reject him. So what God's going to do is, is God's going to destroy the city and the place where, where you live and you grow and he's going to send you into exile. He's, he's going to separate you. And, and, and understand he's going to separate you so maybe you'll, you'll come back to him. He, he'll grab your attention and, and help you see what you're missing while you're in exile. And so the prophet Jeremiah is speaking to the nation of Israel. And he's speaking to them while they're in exile. And, and it's interesting because where he says that is in the context of this. This is what it says. In verse 10, it says, this is what the Lord says. This is Jeremiah speaking to the nation of Israel. He says, you will be in Babylon for 70 years. 
That don't sound like a lot of hope, does it? In other words, your enemies are going to take you captive for 70 years. Hello, microwave culture. Some of us don't want to wait 70 years. Matter of fact, none of us want to wait 70 years on anything. Most of us don't want to wait seven minutes for the hot dogs to get done. And we become impatient. But understand, Jeremiah says this. He says, you will be in Babylon for 70 years. But then, everybody say, but then. I will come and do for you all the good things I have promised. Notice here that God says, I'm going to allow you to be in exile, be in captivity, and I'm not going to get you to do good things to come to me, but I'm going to come to you so that you can do all the good things, that, so you can experience all the good things I have promised. And I will bring you home again. Everybody say home again. Home again. Beautiful picture. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. In those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, everybody say wholeheartedly. He says, you will find me while, while you're in exile. If you'll look for me wholeheartedly, you'll find me. He says, and I will be found by you, says the Lord. I will end your captivity and restore your fortunes. Wow. I will gather you out of the nations where I sent you and I will bring you home again to your own land. Now understand, this is a direct, a direct prophecy for the nation of Israel. It is a promise to them that when I come to you, I'm going to bring you out of captivity and I'm going to bring you back into the land that you know what? I, I have given you as a people. But, but let's take this to another level because though it is a physical direct prophecy for the nation of Israel, Jeremiah is a prophet of God. And anything that happened in the nation of Israel's life, the New Testament tells us is a snapshot for us to understand the bigger picture of life. In other words, we can look at what happened to them on their journey and we can begin to dissect it and understand what's happening on our human journey. And, and guess what? What God's doing is, this is kind of like a dual prophecy. He's speaking to the nation of Israel, but he's also speaking to all of humanity. And it's a picture, my friend, of what God's doing in the human heart and in the human life. We're in exile. And we've been here a long, long time. And, and guess what? We're going to be here a long, long time. That, that, that's, that's basically what he's saying. You're going to be here for, for a period of time until, until you wake up. Everybody say, wake up. And understand that I'm a good God. 
and I'm a gracious God, and though there, there's pressure and there's things happening in your exile, I'm a God who has plans for you. And it is not a plan of disaster. And it is not a plan of harm. It is a plan of good fortune. Would you just trust in me? I'm coming for you. And my friend, this is the picture of the good news. This is the picture of Jesus. He's come the first time to help humanity understand that you know what, there's a way out. He came as a suffering servant. He came the first time, but you need to understand he's coming back. He's coming back. He's not finished yet. He finished paying the price. He set it on the cross. It is finished. In other words, guess what? Humanity don't have to stay in an exile state. I have come to them. And my friend, it is a, a, a simple but, but a profound act of faith that you personally have to make in a world of exile. Do you trust that Jesus is the liberator and the Messiah? Do you trust that his one-time gift on a cross was good enough for you and good enough for me? Do you trust that it is God coming to you to rescue you from death and separation, that he conquered it, he rose from a grave, and guess what? You can follow after him. Do you really believe that it was the Messiah who come to first time and he's coming back the second time because he came as a suffering servant the first time but you need to understand he's coming in you know what and he's going to charge hell with everything he's got the second time and he's going to take out what belongs to him and he's going to put in the abyss what don't belong to him and there will be amazing amazing earth that he is creating and my friends I'm trying to raise the awareness of a church and a people and a culture that has been lulled to sleep by the enemy. This is the big picture. This is the understanding. You've been born in exile and there's no act of religious list that you can do to come out. You can try all the days of your life. It's why you're tired. It's why you're worn out. It's why you're broken. And Jesus spoke to it over and over. And people are like, well, I've been going to church and church ain't doing nothing for me. It's because, you know what? You have missed what church is about. And church isn't just to come make you better and fix your problem. Church is to reveal who the light of the world is so that you can come back to God and understand that God has come to you and you can step into his amazing presence and he has a promise beyond you stepping into that presence. He says, I will put the advocate, the counselor, the coach, the teacher, the, the comforter in you so that you can do this life called, this, this journey called life and make it to the end. The purpose of the Holy Spirit, my friend, in your life is to journey with you, to journey with us. To help us endure in this world of exile until the end. Are you holding on to the Spirit of God?
that he has placed in you. Because it is a promise of God. If you're a believer in the finished work of Jesus Christ, God has come to live in you. He's a helper. He's the one that gives you the endurance to climb the mountain. To rise up. When it looks like the world's going to hell in a handbasket. To not give up in despair. But to have hope beyond the circumstance and the situation. This is who the Holy Spirit is. The third person in the Trinity. The one that lives in you and lives in me. He's here. And, and, and the same spirit that lives in me lives in you if you're a believer in Jesus Christ. And, and he's joining us together so we can help each other and we can do this journey called life together and help the world realize that there is a God who cares about them. And, and again, if you're just going to church to check it off your list and to do a good thing from God, you're missing what the church is for. The church is a, is a light, is a, is a group of people that have been rescued and they're help, helping other people understand where the light is. And, 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 and again, we're not here to condemn anyone for living in an exile world, but we're, to help, we're here to help everyone come out of it. And, and, and can I tell you, the Bible even says that some people love darkness more than they do light. And so it's up to you when, when we tell you that we live in a broken world and that, that, you know, it's not as if God intended for it to be. And you're going your own way and you're doing your own thing and you're not living life by, by the way that God desires for you. you. You can take that as condemnation. But my Bible says that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And literally what that means is this. I'm in Christ and Christ is in me. And I'm not here to condemn you. I'm, not, I'm here to elevate you. I'm here to encourage you. I'm here to live a life in such a way to say, come on, sojourner. Come on, you know what, friend. Come on, pal. We, we're going to make it to the end. Come on, Christian. And, and I'm trying my best to show everybody else that's still in darkness there's a better way. They don't have to keep the list anymore. They never had to keep the list. They just misinterpreted what the list was for. And the list is good, my friend. It's the very character and nature of God. And it's incredible. But God has not only revealed that we've missed, he's revealed the way out through Christ Jesus. And I've been illustrating throughout this series what it really means to be in Christ. It really means coming back to God and, and coming back to God through Christ and letting God live in you while you're in this world. And it's a simple step of faith. It's why Jesus died on the cross. There is nothing you can do to earn it, buy it, or whatever else. It's why he came. I don't care if you give $8 million in the offering in a little while. Oh, I do care. It would be great if you do that. But I'm here to declare to you today that just because you give $8 million in the offering, it can't get you right with God. 
that communion cup that we, we take here, it can't make you right with God. Perfect attendance can't make you right with God. Your righteousness must exceed the righteousness of the teachers of the law and the Pharisees is what Jesus says. They were pretty darn good moral people, so to say. But Jesus says, it still ain't good enough to come back to God. He says, but I'm the light of the world. And you can be the light too if you just come back to God through me. It's a gift. No one can boast about it. You can't earn it. You can't buy it. All you can do is receive it by faith. And so, again, this, this is a kind of a, a shallow illustration of what Jesus did on the cross, but I, I think it's a stickable illustration to help your faith be in who he is so you can be who you are. And that's the whole goal in this. We are in exile, but you can still be who God has called you to be, even in exile. Even in this broken world, you can still be who God has called you to be, even in the broken world, and help lead other captives out of it back home to God. But keep in mind, we're not there yet. There's hope on the horizon. There's hope beyond the circumstance. There's hope beyond the next building. You know, a lot of people feel like we're getting ready to build a building. And we build that new building, it's going to solve everything. I need you to understand it's only a tool. It's only a tool to help other people come to know who God is. But I can tell you there's not going to be some super miracle because we build a building. It's, it's what do we see that building for? What do we see this building for? It's only a tool in our hands. There's no magical moment. We did not arrive. I don't care if we get 10,000 people, 42 campuses or whatever. We didn't arrive because we did all of this stuff. You know, it is simply who we are and we are exponentially trying to help other people know who God is through Christ Jesus. It is only the work that Jesus did on a cross that will come into people's life as it works through us and it works into this world but make no mistake about it if you're not pointing people to the way not the list not their achievements but the way they can't come back to God and so we're we're screaming this message come back to God and how you do it is through Christ what takes the veil away what opens the door what helps you and me who are out here in exile, understand that there is a better way. What forgives us of our miss, of our sins? It's nothing but the blood of Jesus. Though we have been separated from God, the perfection of what Jesus did on a cross, you know what, made us clear and clean before God. And now, my friend, we have the opportunity to come into God's presence, see the light and reflect the light and be who God 
God has created us to be even in this world, but you're not home yet. And when trials and tribulations and things come at you in this earth, when it is not as you want it to be, understand it's still not as if God will make it to be. He is making all things new. Understand his ways are higher than our ways. Understand he has a plan for you and it's not to harm you. It's not for disaster, but it's to prosper you. But it ain't always right here today. It is in what is still yet to come. Do you believe in the new world? Do you believe in what God's doing? Do you believe in what happened in the humanity? Do you believe that God was so good that he came to earth from heaven to show us the way back? What do you trust with your heart? Because it's God's provision. And, and again, we don't come up here today and try to, uh, you know, share uh, tricks and schemes and, and, and elegant words. We try to illustrate in such a way that you can grab hold of it. But my friend, I, w- I want to read to you in closing today. And I think it's Jill today. Jill, can you come on out and play while I close up today? I probably haven't said all I want to say today, but they want me to shut her down. So <laughs> let, me, let me do this. this. This is amazing passage of scripture. It's the writer wrote to the church at Corinth in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. It's right before the writer told us that we were ambassadors of God. He says this. He says, since God in his mercy has given us this new way, we never give up. Is that the banner over your life? Is that the mantra of your life? Since God has given us this new way, we never give up. We reject all shameful deeds and underhanded methods. In other words, anything that makes people think they can be right with God outside of Christ Jesus, he says, man, we reject all that junk. I'm sorry, but you can't jump through enough hoops. You can't climb high enough. You can't be the right color. You can't be the right gender. You can't be the right age. You can't speak the right language. You can't do any of that stuff to make yourself right with God. The only way to be made right with God is through God's free gift of grace, and His name is Jesus. He says, we don't try to trick anyone or distort the Word of God. He says, we tell the truth before God. And all who are honest know this. If the good news we preach is hidden behind a veil, it's hidden only from people who are perishing, who are only in darkness, who are only wasting away. Satan, who's the God of this world, has blinded their mind, the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. He says, you see, we don't go around preaching about ourselves. We preach about, we preach that Jesus Christ is Lord and we ourselves are your servants for Jesus' sake. For God who said, let there be light in darkness has made this light shine in our hearts so we can know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. He says, we now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like We're like fragile jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. In other words, we're like fragile jars. We're like fragile, fragile vases. We're we're just like everybody else. We're 
we're out to be to be broken and hammered on this world is wicked he says here's the deal we're like those jars and it makes it clear where our great power comes from he says we are pressed on every side by troubles but we are not crushed wow he says we are perplexed but we are not driven into despair he says, we are hunted down, but we are never abandoned by God. Come on, somebody. How many of you know God came for you? God's with you and God's going to help you do the journey. He says, we get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. He says, yes, we live under constant danger and death because we serve Jesus so that the life of Jesus will be evident in our dying bodies. So we live in the face of death, but this has a result in eternal life for you, those who are in darkness. He says, but we continue to preach that we have the same kind of faith the psalmist had when he said, I believe in God, so I spoke. We know that God who raised the Lord Jesus will also raise us with Jesus and present us to himself together with you. All of this is for your benefit and as God's grace reaches more and more people, there will be great thanksgiving and God will receive more and more glory. Wow, the light's gonna continue to spread. That is why the writer says here, we never give up. You wanna know why we don't quit? Why we don't throw in the towel? Why, why you know, it, it's not because bad things don't happen to us, they do. Man, I live in the same crazy place you live in. People run me off the road on 17. Come on, somebody. He says, this is why we never go up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Yet, they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at our troubles. We can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. You want to know how to be the church? He just told you how to be the church. Know where your power comes from. Get you a group of friends that are doing the journey with you. Your power comes from God. It's the Holy Spirit that lives in you. you. You do life with a group of people that understands the big picture and the vision. And they help one another get through life. And then lastly, he says, fix your eyes on hope beyond what you currently see. Get, get a vision for what this whole thing is all about. You want to do church at another level? That's how you do church at another level. I'm here to tell you the light will dispel the darkness. God has come into this world. God has come into us. And I'm here to declare to you today that Jesus is coming back and will put everything that is not of him in the abyss. And man, all I want you to do is come home. So, so that, that's why we beg and plead on behalf of God. That's why we preach these messages. That's why we spend this money. That's why we sweat. That's why we holler. That's why we do all. It's not to condemn you for being in exile. It's simply to invite you to wake up and come back to God. My friend, don't you let another moment the enemy lull you to sleep to make you think that this is what it's all about. There's still more yet to come. Let me pray for you. 
God, I thank you so much for the journey. I thank you for your amazing grace. I thank you for this, Jesus. God, if there is one here today has not put their faith in the good gift of grace and understand the big picture of what you're doing in this earth, God, I pray today that they could do it. God, thank you for revealing to us that we've missed through the power of your law. And God, though it was destined to fade away, God, you have sent the one who shined all your glory and his name is Jesus, the one who came to forgive us of the darkness that we live in, the separation that we live in and and bring us hope and bring us back to you. Jesus, thank you for coming to us so that we can be made right with God. And my friend, I pray today that you would trust Christ to be made right with God. Nothing else, not the prayer you're getting ready to say, not not necessarily your words, your aunt, your uncle, your, your, your status, your, your financial position, your religious activity. But I pray today that in this moment, if you've never done so, you put your faith in the finished work of Christ, the one who has come into this earth, defeated death, and rose from a grave so you could have life. Just simply right where you sit today, God, I put my faith in Jesus. Tell God you have gone your own way, done your own thing. You turn away from that and you want to come back to him. You trust what Jesus has done. My friend, God says the gift is for everyone who will receive it by faith. Do you receive that by faith today? And if you receive that by faith today, I want to be one of the first to congratulate you and welcome you to the family of God. My friend, I invite you from this point forward to listen to the helper, to the counselor, the one who is walking with you, the Holy Spirit, and to get connected to the local church and a group of God's people to help you along the journey. My friend, we win. Thank God for the win. Thank God for salvation. Thank God that he's making all things new. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Today by the message, and again, man, we believe in you. We believe great things for you. It's because of many people's faithful giving that we're able to go out around the world. If you choose to invest in Barefoot Church, just go on over to barefootchurch.com. You can give there, but go out, live your purpose, and be inspired in a great, great way.